0: I want to start with our starting point question for today, okay? Do you run towards or away from conflict? See, there, there are generally two types of people. Um, there's people like me who I run to every conflict I can find. If you guys went to my YouTube feed, you'd find uh, cops videos, you'd find Ben Shapiro destroys somebody, you'd find Karen videos, you'd find all this stuff with conflict, right? Just because for some reason there's something inside of me that wants to fight. I mean, this shirt's not an accident. I have two of them and I wear them 90% of the time because I just love the fight. But then there's other people, uh, usually people that are a little more humble, a little more meek, like my wife, who avoids conflict, right? So they don't like the fight. If they see somebody fighting, they get some confrontation, they try to run away. It made for a very interesting two years of marriage, okay? Because what would happen is my wife tries to get away and I keep going, which, by the way, that's a bad idea. Uh, It did not work out for me, okay? Okay. But it took us a while to realize how to have healthy conflict because there is such a thing as healthy conflict and Paul knows that. And so as we go through the passage, I want to make sure we kind of stay away from two different sides of the uh, argument. First, we're called to go into conflict, absolutely called to go into conflict. So we can't run away from it, but we're not called to go into conflict in our own power. So the first point I want to talk about is it's not your power that prepares you for the fight. It's not your power that prepares you for the fight. I think it's important to frame it this way because this is how Paul frames it. Paul's about to start talking about being in an absolute war. A a war that's so dangerous that it ends up costing some people their spiritual uh, well-being. And he's serious about this. And we'll see that when we get to the end. But he frames the whole thing around this one idea. It's not you that fights. It's not you that has the power to defeat Satan. See, he starts in verse 10, he says, Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Be strengthened by the Lord and his vast strength. In, in 11 words, Paul tells you twice it has nothing to do with your power. He wants to make it explicitly clear that what he's about to talk about is all done through the person of Jesus Christ. See, because then he continues on. And he says something very important that we need to pay attention to. See, we are not fighting, or we are fighting outside of our league. We're not fighting against somebody that we have a chance with in our own power. Paul goes on and says, "...put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers of darkness, against evil spiritual forces in heaven." So, I want to tell you guys a story. Most of my stories revolve around my older brother because he's a jerk. Um, So, it makes good (laughs) sermon illustrations, okay? So, I was about seven or eight years old. Uh, My brother's six years older than me, so he was about 13 or 14. And at this time, not now, but at this time, I thought he was a cool guy, okay? I thought he was the smartest, most athletic, just awesome guy. So, he comes in to me one day, and he says, Hey, Darren, you want to learn a new type of martial arts? Again, I like conflict, so yes, Didn't think, my brother doesn't know any martial arts, but he wants to teach me martial arts. And so he talks about this new martial arts he's found. I don't know if it was a YouTube video, somebody mentioned it, but how many of you guys have heard of a martial art called Kendo? Okay, most of you haven't, but some of you have. So let me tell you what Kendo is. Kendo is this weird hybrid of martial arts and wood stick fighting, okay? Again, my brother's 13 or 14, has no idea what he's doing, but I'm six or seven, so I don't know any better. So he says, let me teach you this. So I'm like, all right, cool. So we go outside. I'm all excited. And he hands me this like Dollar Tree special broomstick. Okay? It's like, it's, it's like a twig that got painted, painted green. I mean, it's weak to say the least. So he hands it to me. I'm all excited. I'm like, you know, lightsabering it up. And then I turn around and he's got a 20-pound weight bar. And I went, hold on a second. This isn't cool. But I wasn't about to punk out in front of my brother because He's my brother. I think he's cool, and I trusted him. It's a terrible mistake. So, you know, he's t- t- teaching me how to block and check and do all this kind of stuff. Now, just to be clear, he doesn't know how to do any of that stuff, so what he taught me is probably not right, and I still don't know how to do it, but I thought I knew how to do it. And so, you know, we're doing all this stuff, and for some reason, he takes that 20-pound weight bar, brings it over top of his head, and comes down as hard as he can. So I take my twig, <laughs> and I do the natural thing, right? I stick the twig up trying to stop him. It didn't stop him. The next thing I know, I'm waking up. He's praying over me that I'm not dead. Because he had knocked me out. I'm bleeding. Oh, by the way, I got in trouble for breaking my mom's broom. Like, totally not part of the illustration. I just want to, like, vent that a little bit, okay? But but I remember just thinking, man, I have no power in this fight. And, And here's the other side of it. If you had given me a 20-pound weight bar, or you had given me a kendo stick, if you had done any of that, I still would have lost the fight. He's stronger than me. He's smarter than me. No, okay. He's stronger than me. He's faster than me. He's, he does have more knowledge than me. I would have lost that fight. See, it's the same thing. When we sit here and we say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight the good fight. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to witness. I'm going to do all these good things. And we try to do it in our own spirit. And then what happens? We wake up the next day and we hit the snooze button. Didn't make it today. I'll make it up tomorrow. And we try to do these things in our own power and we lose every single time. But don't feel bad. It's not just you. It's Paul. And he's writing this letter. And he says, remember, the first part of that other passage was put on the full armor of God. You see, because he realized something. It's not your armor. It's not Paul's armor. It was the armor of the one who came and saved us. So we are called to wear the whole armor of God. The whole armor of God. He continues on. He says, for this reason, take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist the evil day, and having prepared everything, to take your stand. Stand, therefore, with truth like a belt around your waist. Righteousness like armor on the chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. What's interesting about every single one of those pieces of armor is none of them come from us. See, we have the belt of truth, but it's not my truth, it's not your truth, it's not your teacher's truth, it's not even your parents' truth. It's the truth of God. See, Jesus Christ himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. That's his. See, it's not our righteousness. We didn't do anything to be righteous before the God of heaven. We didn't do anything. Jesus Christ himself died on the cross, and he applied his righteousness to us. And so we get to be righteous in the eyes of God because of him the gospel of peace, these shoes that we're supposed to carry out to the rest of the world, it's not your gospel. It's not my gospel. It's the gospel of what Jesus Christ did for us. The shield of faith. You know, I I get really tired of hearing people say, if you just believe in yourself, you can do anything. No, you can't, because we're not good enough. See, the shield of faith only works if our faith is in the one who came to save us. I can't be anything I want to be. Obviously, I'm not a kendo master. Okay? I can't. but what I can't have faith in is the God who saved me. The helmet of salvation. of any of these items, any of these things that Paul is telling us, doesn't belong to us, it's the salvation. I didn't provide my salvation. Jesus Christ himself at the cross provided my salvation. The only offensive weapon we have is the sword of the Lord. The only thing we have is the word of God. When we go to attack, it's not our intellect, it's not our physical ability, it's none of that. It is the word of God that he gave us that lets us get into the fight and become offensive. You see, Paul takes this position so humbly. Because he understands something important. When Jesus Christ wa- walked to the cross, there was a phrase that Isaiah said. He said, he walks as a lamb going to slaughter. But there's something else in there. It's not just a lamb that went to slaughter. The reason he says that is because the lamb is silent. See, Jesus Christ was the Lion of Judah. And he kept his mouth shut for us. It's the God of the universe. If Jesus Christ, as he was walking to the cross, called out his heavenly host then the cross would never have happened. Every knee would have bowed. Every tongue would have confessed that Jesus Christ was Lord. And yet our salvation would have been possible. We would have nothing to believe in. Instead, he boldly and humbly walked to the cross, hung on that tree, accepted the wrath of God that was meant for mankind. And then he conquered death in the grave. See, the great thing about that is that he did not just save us from the penalty of sin. He did not just save us from the wrath of God. In doing that, he provided this armor so that we could fight for him. He provided a way so that we could be empowered to fight the good fight. See, we are called and we must be bold for Jesus Christ. Because he was bold for us. But I want to warn you guys because I don't want to make this sound like this is some glorious battle like Patriot where you end up winning in the end. We win in the end, but it comes at a cost. And Paul knew that. Paul continues in verse 18 pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request. And I just want to pause right there. Paul is finishing out this thought, and he goes back to praise in the Spirit. Because he understood you can't do this in your own power. And he's constantly reminding himself, and he's reminding the Ephesians. Because here's what we do, and I do it. We start the good fight. Things seem to be going well. I woke up. I read my Bible. I did all these things. And then something inside of us decides to well up this self-righteousness. Of, I'm good. I can handle this. I've, I've got this down. I can continue the fight. And then life hits, and we fall away. Because we try to do things in our own power. Paul understood we can't do this in our own power. But he continues, and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Pray also for me, that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known the boldness, the mystery of the gospel. For this, I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. So let's, let's rewind a little bit and look at Paul. Paul is in prison. Paul is a repeat offender. Paul has been beaten, thrown in jail multiple times. He's been chased out of cities because people were trying to kill him. If anything, the church would come back and say, hey, Paul, like, slow your roll. This is too much. You, you need to calm down. But Paul doesn't say that. Paul says, pray, please pray that the Spirit of God gives me boldness, even more boldness, so that I may declare the mysteries of the gospel. See, Paul understood his duty. Paul understood what he was supposed to do because he understood that if the God of the universe was willing to walk silently to the cross in boldness, how much more should I walk loudly with the gospel of Jesus Christ to other people? How much more should I fight the good fight? How much more should I do the things that I'm supposed to do? And so here's this man in chains. The marks are on his body. And he's still writing for more boldness. But Paul understood that he's asking for something that's going to cost him something. You know, it's kind of interesting. Um, Since getting on staff, I've had this conversation a lot. And almost everybody on staff has this same story. About the moment they decided to leave the secular world and go into full-time ministry, something bad happened. We were attacked. And all of us have this story. And so, I still remember, I had made the decision to go to full-time ministry. I was going to school. It was after Stephen and I had the talk, and he said, hey, I want you to come on staff. It was about three weeks later. Three weeks later, I was driving my Jeep, which, by the way, don't ever buy a Jeep. I was driving the road 50 miles an hour, and all I remember is the back end of my Jeep started to give out. So I tried to correct. I thought I might have overcorrected because the, the Jeep turned a little too quickly. I didn't. I'm a better driver than a Jeep is a car. Next thing I know, I'm waking up and I'm sideways. And I don't know if we got the picture, but if we can put it up. While I was driving at 50 miles an hour, the axle snapped. I've talked to like four different mechanics. None of them have ever seen something like this happen. I was laying sideways on the road. When I woke up, I had to cut myself out, grab my bag, throw all my stuff in. And the entire time, this is what I'm thinking. I'm not scared of physical pain. I've been knocked out by a 20-pound weight bar. This isn't that bad. All right? I'm I'm not worried about my physical well-being. Here's what I'm thinking. I just quit my job. I don't have insurance. Now, to be clear, I had car insurance. It wasn't legal. But I didn't have health insurance. I don't have money to replace this car. And I start going through my head. Do I need to call my old boss and see if I can get my job back? What do I need to do? And it was instantly God saying, did I not ask you to be bold? Did I not ask you to do something for me? Shut up. So I I hopped out of the car, and something amazing happened. There was a man on the side of the road, and he was looking me in the face. And that man was Rob Robbins. If you guys don't know who Rob is, Rob is on staff here as our counselor. Guess what I needed? I needed counseling. I needed somebody to tell me I didn't make a mistake. I needed somebody to come to me and say, it's going to be okay. God's got you. See, I had a target on my back. KB and I've talked. He had the target on his back when he started ministry. It's going to happen. And that's okay. Because the God of the universe walked boldly to the cross for me. The least I can do is walk boldly for the God of the universe. So I'm going to ask you guys these questions as we go to small group. And I think it's important for us to seriously consider this. What does it look like for you to be bold in your walk with Christ? And I honestly want you to consider a couple of things about that question. What has to change in your life? And what do you think Satan's going to target? Because Satan's going to target where you're weak. He's going to target your idols. He's going to target the things that he thinks will bring you out of the fight. So what do you have to guard against so that you can be bold for the God of the universe? Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you today and I just thank you for who you are. Thank you for walking boldly to the cross. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for offering me redemption. Thank you for the opportunity I get to fight for you, to be bold for you. I pray for every young adult in this this room. I pray for every person as they walk out that they would understand that they have a calling to fight for you, but not in their own power but in the power that you have provided through the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. In your son's holy and awesome name, amen.